to the Gym Podcast. Uncut, unfiltered, unreal. Welcome everyone to the Gym Podcast. Welcome folks. Joining me as always this week is the one, the only, Randy Dosh. Randy Dosh. Hello everybody. I'm glad to be back for yet another week. Um, another... I hate how the season is already feeling like it's kind of coming to, to it's an over. end. It's it's, over, dude. it's it's wrapping up, but on the same token, we're getting to some of the most exciting parts of college football where you really see the you know, last bit of the conference races kind of wrap up. You kind of see some storylines mm-hmm. reach their conclusions. Cinderella's get kind of kicked in the face out of the party <laughs> kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm done. As far, I'm, I'm checked out as far as Wisconsin goes this season, but... I you am, have year one. It's I, year one, head coach. It's, there's going to be turnover. I am. I am looking forward though to the rest of the college football landscape. I think overall this has been a very interesting season, uh, with you know just the playoff picture and all the news coming out. Uh, there's a lot of news to talk about this week, but first we got to recap some of the games that happened week eleven. What do you say, Randy? Uh, we certainly do. Why don't we start with the Thursday night game? Okay. That was number 11, 9-1 Louisville survives Virginia, 31-24. to With Louisville now being 9-1, do they have a chance at the playoffs? So here's the thing. It's, it's a non-zero chance is how I look at it. Like, they would need a lot of help. But I think if they can win out and beat Florida State in the ACC championship, they'd be at least like a 5 or 6 ranked team. Right, like without much help, just based off of that. So, I don't know, man. What do you think? I really think they would. So here's the thing: is that their schedule ends at Miami versus Kentucky, and then Florida State in the ACC championship game. And I think with that type of schedule, you know, with the win over Notre Dame, they beat North Carolina State. Boston College is a good win. Shut out Duke by multiple scores. That's a great win. I really they're a great team. They have a great defense. I think they would I think they have a legitimate shot. They don't have to have that many crazy things for it to happen if they take care of their business. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, obviously if they beat Florida State, wouldn't they just take their spot? Wouldn't that elevate them in? I don't even think that's true because then they would still be behind like Texas and Alabama, right? So they would need Texas to lose a game yeah. or us to lose to Georgia kind of thing. There would need to be a little bit of help, but I, I don't think it's impossible. I think if anything, Louisville's greatest envy is going to be themselves. Like they looked pretty sus against Virginia, a, a pretty bad Virginia team, by the way. So they really need to cl- close out these last two games at Miami and versus Kentucky with wins and, and like good. And wins, to give right? to give some credit, this is a Virginia team that they only lost by three to Miami. They mm-hmm. did beat North Carolina. They've had a lot of one score games, so it's not like they're totally awful. Yeah, I, I mean I, they're I two that. and eight. There's no getting around that. But you know, <clears throat> it's certainly been a crazy year for them. But I, I know what you mean. Um, Louisville will be a team to watch, though, for sure. Definitely a team to keep your eye on as we kind of head into playoff uh, territory here soon. Exactly. Uh, next up, we have number three, Michigan, outlasts number 10, Penn State, 24-15. to 15. Was this a game worth crying over? <laughs> so I don't know if you saw it, Randy. The, the, I uh, saw it. The, was it the offensive coordinator? Whoever was the interim coach? It was their offensive coordinator. For Michigan, was just like sobbing, like at, like really, really crying on the sidelines after the game uh, during the post-game interview, saying how, you know, this is for Jim, and, you know, no one, it just, just playing the victim card, right? And, dude, I, 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 the thing about this is, like, I don't know if you at all – 
went into like the Reddit game thread or like the post game thread uh, for that game. But seriously, the Michigan fans, from what I can tell, like overwhelmingly, the vast majority they actually of them, think they're victims. They actually, they actually think they're victims. I hate this so much. It's insane. Their number one complaint is like, "Wow, we're getting you know punished the season that is happening. That's unprecedented. That's never happened. Well, because we've never caught a team cheating red-handed in the same <laughs> season. Like yeah, that's exactly. never happened. Like their number one complaint is literally, we are having to face actual consequences for our actions. And they're such small the consequences. The rug like these aren't even." Later. These aren't even that bad of, of of consequences, right? Like they cheated for three years, and the ultimate punishment is a three game suspension for their coach. Like, and the what? thing is, if they just shut up and let him serve the three game regular season suspension, and just shut up and just dealt with it and let it happen, yeah. they would get away with it. Instead, they're trying to drag this out, which makes yeah. absolutely no sense. Just get it over with. Deal with it. Stop acting like you're the victims of the consequences of your own actions. Exactly. It just bugs me so much. Exactly. And I'm seeing it wholesale from them. Like, the... And what's crazy is I feel like Michigan has, like, over the last three seasons, right, in the grand scheme of things, really was never, like, the bad guy. Like, no one really outside of Ohio State or Michigan State, like, hates Michigan just in general, and exactly right? that's what they call everybody who's bringing this up. They're just being haters of Michigan. Nobody hated you before this. Yeah. Nobody cared about you. Yeah, and so obviously uh, Ohio yeah. State hates you, but they're your rival. Yeah, that's that makes not sense. No, that's like, the thing. Like everyone in the Big Ten hates Ohio State. Like that's the team you hate, right? It's Michigan is an afterthought. With all due respect, you know. So I, I just don't get it, dude. It, it, and Jim Harbaugh is just such a jerk. Like, the way he talks and uh, goes about the situation, and the way they even tried to spin, if you remember, he was suspended at the, at the beginning of the season, and Jim Harbaugh and Michigan tried to spin that as, oh, wow, the NCAA is mad and suspending him over cheeseburgers. <laughs> they weren't suspending you over cheeseburgers. They were suspending you because you had recruits on campus during the dead period, which you're not supposed to do. Right. They were served cheeseburgers on campus during the dead period, but that's not why they were suspended. They right. were spend before being on campus during the dead period and because you forced recruits to record workouts during the pandemic which is very illegal they just they, all these all these things they're breaking the laws for and it's just they they can't at no point can they take a look in the mirror and see why people are mad at them and here's the thing is like i 100 percent guarantee you Al teams like us alabama georgia you can say what you want about how like we paid players pre-nil i'll so, just go ahead and say we probably you did. did of course you did but that's a lot different then, like, paying a player is a little bit different, a lot different than wholesale in-game kind of cheating. You I, know I what agree. I mean? Because you know, it, it that, yeah. that doesn't affect the actual outcome of the game once it comes to game-planning type of thing. textbook cheating. Like, like, honestly, in the grand scheme of things, this is about as, as close to, like, authentic cheating as you can get, as far as I'm concerned, in the sport of football. Like, knowing your opponent's plays, that's, that's insane. For three years. And here's... Here's the other thing is that I know top programs like Alabama, Georgia, we wouldn't do something like that simply because we know how easy it is to get caught mm -hmm. and how stupid of an idea it is. Like, you will get caught doing that eventually. And sure enough, they were caught and just act like the world's up to get them. I just, they, they can't accept. They, they, like, you'd think they'd be embarrassed. You'd think they'd be, like, sad and, and like, trying to stay low, right? Total opposite. Total opposite of them. I can understand why teams get mad that we would pay players pre-NIL. I mean, nothing okay. provable, right? But let's just be honest. We know it it's happened. Ongoing investigation. Yeah. I get why people would be upset about that. But, like, I mean, just from your perspective as a Wisconsin man, isn't that – is it almost like a little less 
frustrating? Like, what is your thoughts on something like that? I mean, again, like you said, there, there, it's a different tier of cheating, I guess you could say, because it's technically not on the field, right? Like, the players still need to perform well and develop and, and be good players, right, and good athletes. Whereas, yeah, I, I, again, like, I honestly can't think of any other instance in football in general. Forget college, like, talk about the NFL or something. I've never seen cheating like this before. And so, we have yeah. actually, have we? and the team was punished for it. Do you remember uh, Bill Belichick and Spygate, the Patriots? Spygate, Spygate, Spygate. No, he wasn't cheating, Jimbo. He misinterpreted the rules. <laughs> Come on, yeah, it's it's the same crap, right? Like everyone hates the Patriots. Everyone hates Bill Belichick, and you know they want to play victim. And it just, dude, there's something about these Michigan people. Tom Brady, Michigan guy. There's something about him, dude. It's. <laughs> You really can't trust the Connections are everywhere. We're going to blow are. this wide open. They are. <laughs> All right. We've talked enough about this. Everyone hates Michigan. Let's talk about another team that everyone hates. Number two, Georgia destroyed number nine, Ole Miss, 52-17 to 17 this weekend. Randy, I'm asking you personally, how scared are you as a Bama fan by Georgia's performance? I don't know if scared is the right word I would use, but I really think just the matchup versus Georgia is going to be a very 50-50 matchup. I mean, I don't think scared is the right word because it's just going to it's one of those games where it's going to be a tough game versus very equally matched opponents and somebody's going to come out on top. Like, so it's not like scared. When I think when I hear the word scared of an opponent, I think of an opponent that you're not supposed to lose to, but has a really good shot and can completely derail your season. Hmm. This is what our season has been leading up to in the first place. So it's a little different, I guess. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know, man. Georgia, I hate to say but they this. They had a great performance. They I did. think I really like our chances versus Georgia. I really do. We have improved so much over the course of the season thanks to an amazing, amazing coordinator work, offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. Our defense is nasty. Thing I is, just wanted to give. I know. I don't. I don't care about Georgia. Nobody cares about Georgia. They're boring and old. Um, there was one play where our defensive line we sacked that quarterback so many times. I felt bad for that Kentucky quarterback, and wow. that's what I like to see from our defense. That I don't think Georgia's defense really does. Georgia's defense wow. is like strong and they're like tough right and they hit hard but they're not like our defense where quarterbacks are terrified to snap the ball there was one play where literally three defensive linemen immediately bull rushed got past the line and there was like he was sacked by three of our defensive linemen at the same time okay here's the thing though randy like like i hate to be stats nerds on you i hate to i hate to be that guy right but looking at george's uh season so far the most points they've allowed any opponent is 21 points. Do you think but Bama can score the, at least 21 points? On, Do you think they the can score more that, than 21? Mm, look at the offenses they played. That's what you got to go Ole Miss, with. dude. We had almost a less than they Ole, did. Ole Miss, uh, Florida, Murder Mertz, dude. Come on now. I'm just you saying. know what Graham Mertz is about. Here's the thing. <laughs> I get that their defense is good. Their defense is good, but it's not the same type of I know I'm feeding good rat poison to them right now. You are. Kirby's hearing this. But dude. it's it's a different type of joy. They they have a fundamentally def- there's not it's not an aggressive defense. It's a fundamentally sound, mm-hmm. strong, fast, physical defense, but it's not an aggressive defense. Are you scared and of- we have an aggressive defense. Are you scared of them trying to take down a somewhat injury-prone Milro? He's not injury-prone. Be honest. Um, Be honest. He took a good... I'm not... 
scared of that at all. He's a very strong player. All right. All right. Um, what happened in the Kentucky game was he took a good he took a helmet to the thigh, Looks so it's a bruised thigh. Yeah, He's yeah. not like injury risk or anything for that. It's okay. just going to be okay. Just put some ice on it. He'll be all right. That kind of thing. All right. Um, I'm, not, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm really you. not worried about it. Milrow is a tank. <clears throat> He's a tank. I'll just say this. I was very, very critical of Georgia to begin the season. If you recall, they barely beat South Carolina, struggled against Auburn, right? They, to open the season, the first half, they were looking kind of sluggish, a little bit hungover from the, the previous national championship. But honestly, these last few weeks, dude, like watching them, it's just the way they like destroy opponents' hope kind of reminds me of Bama back in the day. So, I don't know, dude. I I, I hate know. to agree with you. I completely see what you're saying. We had a game like that versus Kentucky, though. We came out, scored 21 just in dominant fashion. We marched down the field with Milrow with good offensive play calling. I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. Um, no, like, that's the thing is Alabama and Georgia, they both, we both started off the season slow, mm-hmm. and now we're both really coming into our best version of ourselves as we close out the season. So, it's going to be a great conference championship game well, like you know, i'm really yeah i'm looking forward to it it's going to be a great game you know speaking of sec teams that are getting better as the season goes on this is a great segue to the last game i wanted to talk about this week texas a&m throttled mississippi state 51 to 10 at home big halftime show i guess what a huge win for the aggies um how, how happy must jimbo fisher be uh, with his He's got to be ecstatic. He's be happy. That's what I'm saying. Jimbo Fisher is really turning it around yeah. at Texas A&M. Yeah. Like, so he's really showing why you need to have some stability at the coaching position. Oh, there. for sure, for sure. Experience. Oh, for sure. Like, it would be really stupid to fire him right now, right? Wait, wait, wait. one sec. I got a, I'm getting a phone call real quick. Okay. Yeah, one sec. Hello. Yeah. Wait, are you serious? No, hold on. Randy. Yeah. Google Jimbo Fisher. I, there's breaking news. Oh my god! You know what the hilarious part about all of this is? Is that apparently, um, how big was the check at the halftime of the Texas A&M it up. <laughs> uh, Mississippi State game? They presented a check, check. worth wasn't it like a hundred and fifty thousand or something. 160 no. million. 160 million. They okay. The twelfth man, their booster program presented a hundred and sixty million dollar check to Good the Lord. Texas A and M athletic department at the halftime of the Mississippi State game, and then they immediately fired Jimbo Fisher. Like that's such a disrespectful <laughs> thing. <laughs> this is this is this is totally new uncharted territory for CFB. I've never seen anything like this before. Um, but I mean, the thing is, they have so much money. They have so much. Like, Texas A&M Boosters own so much <clears throat> mineral and oil-producing land. It's just a money printer machine going, yeah. burr. It's just, uh, I'll say this. I mean, obviously, we are the Jim Bodcast, right? Like, my username is Jimbo Fisher. Like, the, the bit has been going on for, like, the last five years now. For, for Jimbo to actually be fired, um, it, it kind of hits home. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I don't know why I chose him as my username other than that. I think it's a funny name, like just the name Jimbo Fisher. It's so Southern. It's it's so Southern. Um, and for him to kind of be in this position, I don't know. It kind of hurts Randy. I'm not going to lie. Do you think the firing was justified? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think at this point. Yeah, it's year six, right? It's year six. And, like, they're they're only regressing at this point. I don't know. What do you think? 
on one hand, like with the amount of money and resources they have now, mm-hmm. it's absolutely unacceptable to still be playing this way in year six. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, they're a as a program, they're consistently just a seven and five program. Right. He's a coach that's been going seven and five. Right. Over the past two years, he finally is getting like these really big recruiting classes. True. And I just feel like it's too early. I don't want to be that guy that's like, you should have given him another year, right? You're six, dude. But his his number one recruiting class and his other amazing recruiting class, they'd be juniors and mm-hmm. sophomores next year. Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe they should have given him that chance. Like, I would hope that because they only fired him because they have somebody huge already mm. lined up. Surely that's the situation. Here's the thing. If they don't hire a super big name coach, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and assume that their athletic department is really incompetent and they're going to be in college football purgatory because it would show that they didn't really think this through. Right. You know what I mean? I they're be- just like, I well, this isn't that. working, so let's let's yeah. fire them and figure it out. Because that's the thing. It's like which big name coaches this year really are, are kind of like looking for an exit, right? I mean, most years – you can kind of pinpoint a guy or two, like a big, you know, P5 up-and-coming coach that's kind of, you know, ready to make that next jump to like a big blue blood program or something, right? I, I honestly really can't think of anyone big this year um, that's going to come in and somehow be a better, you know, grand slam higher than Jimbo Fisher was. Other Wonder. than... Oh. Oh, I was. Uh, are we are we thinking the okay, same thing? Okay, no, 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 no. I will say before you make. I already know who you're gonna say. <laughs> okay, all right. I wonder. I feel like in this coaching carousel, because we are starting to see it, it pick is. up. I wonder yeah. if the coaching carousel. We're gonna see moves nobody could have expected. With Maybe coaching changes. I'd like that. It seems like that's it, that that could happen. We've seen a bit of that over the last few years. If you recall Brian Kelly at LSU. Uh, Luke Fickle to Wisconsin didn't work out. Fire him, but you know it's it, that does seem to be kind of a trend. Maybe of there could be some coach out there who, who's looking for like a fresh start, and you know maybe they're talking to the A and M uh, athletic director behind the scenes. But I don't know, dude. I, I think the only coach right now that kind of stands out to me is I have to say it, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders. How do you see him doing in the SEC? What's the deal? I just, it's hard for me to say. I feel like he's in a better position at Colorado Mm -hmm. because he'll have way less expectations. Oh, yeah. And let's face it, Colorado in the Big 12. (laughs) Much easier competition. Way. Coach Prime, like, he's going to recruit, out-recruit everybody he's going to play in the Big 12. You might as well stick there and stick it out, have the best recruits in the conference, and not have to play freaking Alabama, Georgia, LSU all the time. Like, that's a lot of pressure and you have almost no leniency to kind of figure things out right. because here's the thing like with i know he's getting a lot of criticism rightfully so especially mm-hmm. for some of the comments he's made about his own players right but ultimately a lot of that is he's learning how to be a power five head coach mm-hmm. he's learning how to be this high level of a coach because people need to remember this is his first ever year as like a division one head coach right right, right. Everybody associates his name and thinks he's like been here forever. Well, not that everybody thinks he's been here forever, mm-hmm. but they they Expect don't him they don't like remember that. They tend to forget that fact because he's mm-hmm. Deion Sanders. He's mm-hmm. the best cornerback of all time, right? Mm-hmm. He's a Hall of Famer. Right, right. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Um, I, I will say real quick, where do you think Jimbo Fisher ends up? Do you think he takes another head coaching role? Maybe transitions to being like an offensive coordinator somewhere, or maybe just says, "Screw it, I'll take seven million a year for the next decade," and just like pieces out of coaching in general. 
I feel like the kind of guy that Jimbo Fisher is, he's going to have something to prove after this. Mm-hmm. I think he probably takes a year off, becomes an analyst for under Saban for a year. <laughs> and then we'll probably get another Power 5 head job. It might be like a Big 12 kind of Thing job. is, I still believe he's a really good coach. And like honestly, most P5 schools should be happy to take him. I think a lot of this is going to be this goes so against the narrative that Josh Pate is spewing. But I actually believe that the problem with AM and Jimbo has a lot more to do with AM than it does Jimbo. And I just I don't I don't actually believe that AM is going to ever break through and become the next Georgia or Alabama or even LSU. And that's I was kind of trying to make that point about their athletic department with mm-hmm. how do they do they already have a big name that they've been talking to that they know is going to take the job. Like right. Are they literally just being exact, having the exact same problems that Texas's athletic yes. department has? Yes, it's a Texas thing, I think, at this point, dude. Just some with that state and the oil money, they just they operate differently <laughs> than, than other states. Like all the boosters want to have a say. Yeah, well, the check at halftime, dude, that says it all. It's just like I, I really think that this was just some literal billionaire like flexing his cash, right? I'll, I'm the guy that fired the coach, right? That's all well and good, but if you didn't have an actual plan moving forward, the next guy you're going to end up with might just be worse. So, yeah, it's it's complete incompetence as far as I see. Exactly. We'll see how it plays out. Um, we are seeing some other firings kind of starting to happen. Yes. I think that was the first shoe to drop, and now everybody else is – the carousel has started. It's beginning, Because yeah. we're now seeing reports that Chip Kelly is probably out. Really? It's not – quite confirmed yet but i am seeing that that is going to happen okay i had 100 confirmed no 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 i had the bit earlier about jimbo being fired but now i gotta look this up just for those of you who aren't aware we record on mondays so i'm sure by the time this goes live on thursday this will all be very old news where are you seeing this chip kelly is he is he i saw it somewhere on on twitter excuse me x Uh, thank you thank Um, you i was confused for a sec um, While you look into that, I know Boise State fired Andy Avalos. Oh um, Mississippi oh State, they fired head coach Zach Arnett halfway <sighs> through year one. Yeah. Um, you know, is... do you think year one firings are going to be a little bit more common now? I I think it. You know, a year one firing would make sense if like the guy who replaced Saban at Alabama went like three and nine, right? But with Mississippi State, like they weren't they were bad, but like. Mississippi State's always bad. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you got to give that guy more than one season, right? Okay, so I'm going to contextualize this a little bit. I think year one firings, it's only going to be a thing with certain contexts. So let me give you an example. With Brian Harson, he, I remember criticizing that firing when it happened, but looking back, it actually makes perfect sense why he was let go so early, despite almost beating Alabama. And a big problem was none of the high school coaches in the state of Alabama liked him. He would. He was impossible to reach by recruits. People that lived right next to Auburn that were like top 100 recruits would try to get in touch with him and just yeah. couldn't. He would accidentally leave recruits stranded at airports because Dude. he would forget to tell somebody to go pick him up. This is that literally kind of Paul, This is literally Paul Christ. This is literally Paul Christ. But same, that's what I'm bit. saying. I think if yeah. stuff like that is happening, the trigger will be pulled mm-hmm. a lot earlier than it usually is. But it depends on the context. And in Zach Arnett's case, instead of they have like 21 juniors and seniors on their team, yeah. instead of just keeping an air raid type system, kind of just letting things happen, mm-hmm. you know, being a defensive guy, letting the offensive coordinator stay and do his thing and mm-hmm. 
kind of steadying the ship a little bit with an air raid, maybe add some new ripples. He tried to completely change the offense despite not being an offensive-minded coach. Mm. And it's like, when you do stuff like that, you're showing you just aren't competent I could see at that. being a Power 5 head coach. You might as well pull the plug. For what it's worth, is Zach Arnett, I'm looking into it now, 37 years old. He'll probably find a gig somewhere, maybe he's like an OC or something, right? I mean, And he was a great defensive coordinator, that's the thing. DC, yeah, so I, I think, you know, he'll land on his feet somewhere. Um, but, yeah, I, I could see what you're saying. If you're going to come in and change the scheme, lest we forget as well, I mean, he was basically promoted to head coach after Mike, Leach, Mike Leach's death, um, which obviously a big tragedy last year. Uh, but it's the kind of thing where, like, Mississippi State, like, it's not like they went out of their way to hire this guy, right? He was always kind of like an interim in a way, it seems. So, An interim with, if you can do something good this year, right. maybe we'll give you an extension kind of thing. Right, exactly. Know. Yeah, yeah. If you can, like, win the team over and, like, have a good season, maybe we'll give you a shot. But that clearly wasn't the case with Mississippi State being four and six right now. So... The rare double tarmac. Both Jimbo Fisher and this guy were fired after the same game. Oh, I, I don't think I've, I love it. I've never seen that before. <laughs> Just wild. Just wild, dude. All right. And now I might as well go ahead and move on to the This Was Their Super Bowl Award. It's too easy. Um, it's too easy this week. Dude. It's way too easy, come dude. On, come on. <laughs> I was like, I saw that game. First of all, we already both know our answer for this is Michigan. Yep. <laughs> Just yes. way too easy. So yeah. I'm trying to find one that's not that gay. <laughs> like an alternative? Let me see. I need like back in week 11, dude. Dude, nothing even comes close. Like, honestly, nothing comes close. So, I don't know. Like, I'm just, I'm looking at literally so every game. I can't think of any other team where, yeah, <laughs> the way they treated it, dude. The tears, the actual tears coming down his face. Ah, man, they're the poor little victims of their own cheating. Um, I I almost wanted to say Texas. I felt like 29 to 26 over TCU, and they, you know, I don't know. It's kind of sus. I don't know. They've had some sus wins. Obviously, I'm paying a little bit more attention to them right now. Right. Is the vibe from Texas right now, like, I I guess that's the thing, right? It's their Super Bowl if they beat the team and think that it was a huge victory. Is Texas's kind of um, mindset right now like, yeah, we just kicked the crap out of TCU, or is it like, okay, we got to get our stuff together? They're very much survive in advance. That's what their mindset is right now because they know they just got to keep winning. Right. Um, The thing with Texas is this is two weeks in a row where they blew a huge lead late to almost lose the game, to be very close to losing the game. Right, right. Yeah, because they had a really, I mean, at one point they were up, what, 29 to nothing or 26 nothing? Or, and yeah, just completely blew it. 26 to 6 at one point. And in the fourth quarter, just totally fell apart there. Like, obviously they came away with the win, but this is the kind of thing, like, this is a Sark thing, I think. It's the kind of thing you wouldn't see under Saban or Kirby, right? Like, those guys, when they're winning a game, they're going to not take the, the foot off the gas, right? So... It's a Texas thing, right? It's a Texas thing, yeah. <laughs> I almost wanted to give it to Georgia, but to be honest, <laughs> I feel like if you beat if you beat an eight and one SEC West team, fifty two to seventeen, yeah. I feel like you deserve to celebrate and blow V eight and puff your chest out a little bit. I know them. they have more talent, this and that. Yeah. I wanted to say Kirby Smart made some comments about Brock Bowers, really, and he was basically. He was speaking for Brock Bowers because Brock Bowers was like, well, "These some people are in my ear telling me it's not a good idea to play. And Kirby said, yeah, and those people aren't going to be representing him anymore. Wow. Literally, 
insinuating that I was an agent and Brock Bowers was upset about it. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I hate to say it, but Kirby Smart is a legitimate head coach. Like, oh, yeah, he wants you to can win. make fun of Georgia, but he's yeah. a great coach because ultimately, like, if you're a, a football player, you're a competitor. Like, it's mm-hmm. a type of mindset that doesn't go away. Like, yeah. you. Even if you're an elite football player, think about it. You maybe get 10 football seasons yeah. in your entire lifetime. Yeah. Each one has to count for the absolute most. I agree. As soon as you have some type of adversity, you can't just pack it up and be like, oh, I'll try again next year. you right. got to fight through it. All championship teams have this adversity that they have mm-hmm. to fight through. Right. Um, I really just appreciate the mindset of the Georgia players that they he really wants to come back. He wants to play like. Yeah, he's not risking millions. He's going to probably make more money by showing how tough he is and get drafted higher. Exactly, and I think NFL scouts value that, or at least NFL GMs and coaches, right? They, they're looking for guys who aren't just in for the money, but like are there because they love football and want to get better and want to win, right? And part of it is that's how you become a great player is right. by having that in, inherent mindset exactly. of wanting to play, wanting to dominate, wanting to go out there every chance you get. By having that mindset, that mm. is how you get better. It's not an accident that dudes like Brock Bowers that have that mindset right. end up becoming elite NFL players. Exactly. It's it's a chicken and egg type thing. Do you see what I'm saying? I, I totally do. I totally do. Can't be soft. In the, like, that's why it bothers me how Kyler Murray has treated yes! this situation. <laughs> I know, dude. Because it's yeah. like, as soon as they lose a game or as soon as like the yeah. going gets a little rough, he's like, okay, pack it up. We'll try again. Time to stream year. on Twitch. Like, that's not yeah. how it works. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's so you gotta sad. fight for these wins, man. Yeah, especially for a guy as talented as him, just like naturally talented, right? To kind of just I don't know, be that mentally weak, right? Upsetting, upsetting, very upsetting. All right, you know what's not upsetting? This mailbag. Week, this week's mailbag. Mailbag. We. This was actually dude, a great question. I'm excited great, great for this. Question. I'm excited. So the mailbag question of the week was: Who is your fraudulent team of the year and why? This is good for Wombly. Michigan. Yeah. Perfect. I mean, obviously. I, we'll go into more detail. A few other people said Michigan. Yeah, they're, we'll they're go into more detail in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Rice ATX, he just submitted a picture of Dabo Sweeney running in front of a flag with the letter L. Of course. And he's right. And he's right. I mean, Clemson, lest we forget, dude, I was I saw like a graphic today um, when they were discussing like the buyouts of Jimbo Fisher and all the money involved, right? And I, I guess I had forgotten slash didn't realize that Dabo Sweeney is like the third highest paid coach in all of college football behind like Nick Saban and Kirby Smart. And and for Clemson to be this pathetic, this mediocre, this just, just straight up bad, I, it's, it's completely inexcusable. It's completely inexcusable at this point. It is inexcusable. I mean... Because it's not just this year. It really isn't just this year. It is not. You're right. It's not just this year. It's his his inflexibility and unwillingness to just adapt with the times. You don't have to completely abandon, you know, some of your principles to utilize the transfer portal in an intelligent way. Right. Right. You don't have to treat it as a total. It's not a black and white thing. You don't have to act like you're a mercenary team. You can do what Georgia does, which is where they overturn three to five players. And they're usually not starters. Like that's the thing is 21 out of 22 players that start for Georgia are homegrown Georgia recruited players. Mm -hmm. They use the transfer portal in a very intelligent, responsible way. And it's possible to do that. And Dabo really needs to figure that out if he's going to, you know, take Clemson to the next era of college football. And the thing with Clemson is they're now, what, six and four? Yep. You have to remember, like, going into the year, we thought this is the year that they might be actually be back. Yeah, yeah. 
but they've just regressed despite, you know, still recruiting very well, despite having a very, very talented roster, especially by ACC standards. I mean, they're losing to far inferior teams in terms of talent and, and frankly, just not looking, they're not looking like Clemson of old, right? This is a very different team. So yes, I, I would say they're very, very up there as far as most fraudulent team this year. Yeah. Next up, we have Hash Brown one three two. He says South Carolina. We were promised all off season that everything had improved. You know, here's uh, no. Here's the thing. I remember distinctly this off season before the season started. Big game boomer was so high on South Carolina, so high on Shane Beamer. Like I that's think that's how you know they should. That's how you yeah, knew they were. I think be he bad. had them as like a like one of the top two teams in the SEC. I think he had them above Alabama, to be honest. And so, yeah, like, not only have they not met those expectations, they've actually, they're kind of having a terrible season right now. So Yeah, it's kind of, their defense isn't the best. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just unfortunate. It's just, some years it works out that way. Right. It's really, they're just in a tough situation. It I do kind of feel bad for, I feel kind of bad for Spencer Rattler because he mm-hmm. is trying his hardest. I feel like he's done things the way he needs to do them at South Carolina, getting his fresh start. Right. Like he's been very smart about it. I hope things kind of work out for him. I don't know if he has more eligibility after this. I see Spencer Rattler as being the ultimate, like, sixth-round draft pick, ends up, like, subbing in halfway through the NFL season for just, like, a random team when their quarterback goes down, and he ends up, like, lighting it up in the NFL. And all these casual NFL fans are like, who's the Spencer Rattler kid? I've never heard of him even though he's been, like, one of the biggest names for the last five years. Exactly. That's exactly Every what year I this happens, dude. as well. Every year this happens. <laughs> so, I think he I has could, potential. He'll, he'll be in the NFL. I'm, I'm confident in that. I'm not saying he's going to have a great career, but I think he'll get drafted. I think he'll he'll have a few years and a few chances to, to make a name for himself in the big leagues. He does have one more year of eligibility, it looks like. Should be interesting if he decides to return. I yeah, mean, his stats, I, think, I mean, he's going to. This is yeah. such a quarterback-heavy draft class, he's going to have to. Interesting. Uh, he'll be a, what, a sixth-year senior, thanks to that COVID year. Um, yeah. But his, I mean, his career stats are nuts, dude. He he has, as of right now, over 10,000 career yards of passing, which is, like, no wow. joke. I mean, he's played for a long time by now, so. I mean, that's the thing. He can play. He can play. He can play. He can play. All right, All right next up we have Bamaside Up. Michigan, for many, many reasons that I'm sure will be stated through gym posts from other from other answers. Yep. So my answer will be Colorado because screw the media machine that created a hype echo chamber all to go four and eight anyways. I completely agree. You have to remember, Man, dude. We all no. knew. You have to remember. I, no, I think it week was, three. That was only created after the week beat three. TCU. How many times did we hear this is the greatest story in all of sports? How many times? Oh. Dozens. And that wasn't the college football media doing that. I tried to give him a little bit of slack because you know it was like the casual want to jump on a story type of sports media, like not actual fans of college football. I'll say is thank <laughs> God for Taylor, thank God for Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, or I'm confident we'd still be hearing about it. I'm serious, dude. We might be. <laughs> All right, moving on. Next up, we have DK. USC, because they haven't done much this year, losing in important games due to both Caleb Williams and their defense. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if they go winless in conference play in the Big Ten next year. Um, they won't go winless. They'll, nah. they'll get a game versus, like, 
I don't know, Minnesota, Nebraska or Minnesota or something. They'll get some easy wins. But I, I do agree. I mean, lest we forget, this was almost a playoff team last year. And up until about like week six or so, it was looking like USC might be a serious playoff contender. I mean, for them to go losing four of their last five games, realistically probably losing to um, UCLA next week, um, super disappointing. Super, super fraudulent. I, I completely agree, DK. Yeah, I have to agree. They just, I thought it would be at the very least, I thought they would do the Lincoln Riley thing mm-hmm. where they would like go 11 and 1, right, right. maybe make the playoff, but then lose badly because their defense. But right. no, they're just 7 and 4, straight up not yeah. very good. Yeah, they've given up. They've given up. Yep. Next up, we have a Flemicon. UNC, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Drake May is nice, but you can't overhype a team just for having a good quarterback. One of my biggest pet peeves about football media. I agree with that. On the other hand, I mean, North Carolina is 8-2. and two, Which is about, if you ask me where they would be at this point of the season, at the start of the year, I'd probably say they're about 8-2 and two right now. So, I don't know if they're fraudulent. Like, I mean, by like the standards of people saying they'd make the playoffs, yeah, that's fraudulent. But, like, were there really a lot of people who were hyping up UNC that seriously this year? I don't think so. There was... Talks about it. I think they have a pretty a veteran team. You know, it's Mac Brown. They have a lot of talent on paper, but I don't think anybody. It was more of like a dark horse type of situation. Right, right, but right. I think they're eight and two is about just what I expect from a North Carolina team from a semi-retired Mac Brown. Right, right. I mean, for <laughs> that knows how to recruit. They could still. I mean, they've got Clemson and, and NC State to close out the year. If they beat both those teams, that's a ten and two North Carolina, easily ranked. I mean. It's not that fraudulent, in my mind. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I think they're decent. We'll, we'll see how the season plays out with this one. Alter says, Ole Miss is a couple plays away from being 5-5. Five and five. Multiple one-possession wins against mm-hmm. bad teams. I... I don't know on this. I I, I don't know. I don't know. It's the hard SEC to say. Ball. What do you think? You have to. Okay. So the thing about the SEC, especially the <laughs> SEC West, is even if a team is bad, they're gonna still have a ton of talent. And like, there's just the the margins are paper thin. Mm-hmm. A bad team with talent can be dangerous on technically any given Saturday, mm-hmm. right? Just because their players are big and strong and fast, whatever. Right. right. Even if they're not the best players. So I mean, it's still. For, I, I don't know. For what it's worth, the fact is they've won all these close games. They're like the anti-Nebraska. And their only two losses have been to Georgia and Alabama. And yes, they got kind of, you know, pantsed in both of them. But, I mean, if there were two losses to have, it would be Alabama and Georgia. <laughs> you know, I, I I think Ole Miss is a good team, especially if they win out, which they probably will. 10-2 and two Ole Miss, not that fraudulent in my mind. I don't like that. I mean, think about it. Imagine if they didn't have to play literally two, probably the two best teams in college football. No bias or anything. <laughs> I mean, that, that's uh, kind of part of the equation. And for Ole Miss, <laughs> for what their program is, they are yeah. punching above, oh, for sure. above expectations. That's the thing. I, I think people forget that, dude. Like, honestly, like Lane Kiffin totally turned that entire program around as far as I'm concerned. I mean, they're, they're a perpetual kind of hovering around top 10 team. Like, that's, that's nothing to scoff at in my mind. Exactly. Playing in the toughest division in college football at that. Um, next up, we have Bama side up. And this is a second submission, but we'll go ahead and read it. Answer revised to LSU. Hmm. I, I, that's probably my favorite 
response to this so far. Do you think LSU's fraud? Other than the picture of Dabo Sweeney. Um, here's the thing with LSU. The thing with, they here's lost. the thing with LSU is that everybody everybody expected them to be like pushing for a national exactly. championship. Exactly. It's year they two. Have, they have a ton of talent. It's right. Brian Kelly. He's a great coach. Right. But then he's he's big game Brian. He always loses the important big games. Exactly. And they just they're they're nine and seven and three possibly eight and eight and three. I mean, eight they'll and be, four, they'll nine be and three at the end of the season. Texas, it's yeah, just probably, but no, exactly. They, they've lost yeah. to every good team. Other than Missouri, like that that win at Missouri was pretty impressive. But other than that, I mean, you open the season with an embarrassing loss to Florida State. You got blown out in that. You get blown up by Alabama. You get you get a close loss to Ole Miss. It's like like you said, big game, Brian. Anytime he has a big chance to like make a big win, falls short, dude. Falls flat. Next up, we have Posty, who says Wisconsin. Yep, we're frauds. You're not fraudulent. No, You're no. not fraudulent. I a, really believed. A, I I drank the Kool Aid, Randy. I really thought we were going nine and three minimum, nine and three minimum, eleven and one realistically, and now we're probably not going to make a bowl game. So you know what's interesting is that early in the season it was your offense that was kind of propping you up while you had a bad <laughs> yep. defense. Yep. But now it seems like it's the opposite. It's the opposite. We can't. We just can't win, dude. Uh, no, you know but how I mean, that shows you have the pieces. You just got to put it together. You know how most teams get better as the season goes on. This is normal under a first-year head coach. We've gotten worse as soon as they experience some adversity. As soon as they experience some of these like holdover players experience some adversity, mm-hmm. they're going to kind of give up while they initially bought into the the promise and the hype, hype, hope of the early season. Do you think it's and like then the... as soon as they face some adversity, they kind of give up? Saban saw this in his first year and yeah. not. You know, I understand he's kind of one of a kind, but it's still, this is common under first-year head coaches. And he even made a comment. Mm-hmm. I actually like how Fickle handled his loss mm-hmm. way more than how Dion handled his, mm-hmm. where Fickle was like, yeah, we're going to find out this week who really wants to be here. Basically saying, this is going to be a hard-ass week of practice, mm-hmm. and we're going to find out who really wants to play. While Dion kind of approached it as, I really want to be here. Look <laughs> at me. Yeah. I want to be here. Yeah. They need to ask themselves, do they? Well, Fickle is just like saying it without saying it. Like, right, right, right. Do you think like, that's what's going to happen? I guess that's the thing. We've never had this kind of approach at Wisconsin. We've never had a guy who's like, yeah, some of these guys don't want to be here. Like, that's never, ever, ever happened. Even if it's, it's, I'm sure it's happened behind the scenes, but never publicly, right? So it's, it's uncharted territory, dude. It's very scary. I'm, I'm scared. I'm scared. I wouldn't be scared. I wonder what the Big Ten schedules are going to look like next year. We're going to get destroyed, dude. Dude, it's so you tough. You don't even know who you're going to play yet. No, we do, though. We do, though. Let's look it up. Wisconsin 2024 schedule. I don't think the dates oh. are out, but we have the opponents. So the second game of the year is going to be pretty interesting. Interesting, um, huh, huh? Okay, so we're playing Alabama, USC, Penn State, Oregon. Like, come on, dude. Oh, man. It's Here, going to be hey, rough. Here's the thing. That may not be the worst thing for your program in an expanded playoff. Like, think about it. Your players, it does something mentally to you to know who's on the schedule, to know mm-hmm. that, like, I don't have to beat all of these teams, yeah. but if we beat enough of them, we're going to a 12-team playoff. Ironically, our, our best-looking game, like, the best this team has looked all year was in our 14-point loss to Ohio State. Because our guys came to play, for what it's worth. Like, they really... And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. After that, a lot of the players just kind of mentally checked out yeah. because they're holding from the previous regime. Right, right. So... I don't know, man. It's good. I I just want to win. I just want to win a game. 
You will probably go to a ball game. It looks like you close out with Nebraska no, in Minnesota. No, I, I'll make. I'll say this right now. This is an official announcement. Official announcement. If Wisconsin can beat Nebraska or Minnesota, one or the other, I'll be raffling off a one hundred dollar Pizza Hut gift card in Jimbotopia. If and only if Wisconsin wins the game the rest of this year. So All right. It's an official statement. And you know if you lose to Minnesota at Minnesota, they are rushing the field. Oh, and they're going to make fun of Luke Fickle. I know. Even though they suck just as much as us. They're pretty fraudulent this year, dude. They're 4-6 right now. What is it with the Big Ten West? Why are one, two, four, Why are there five teams that are 3-4 and four in the Big Ten West? Why are there five teams that are 5-5? Five and five? I, I really believe it's this thing where just like, you know, like they say iron sharpens iron, right? Well, poop sharpens poop. Dog, they're just they're dragging everyone down. Everyone's dragging everyone down, and it's just the worst. It's just the absolute worst. And it's I almost Iowa. like Iowa is like the guard of the poop. Like I blame they, them. I honestly they blame don't them. love. They're they're the crab in the bucket pulling everybody. It's yeah. Iowa's fault because no, it is. Think about it. In order to get, you have to get past Iowa, and they're ultimately like just they they play the arguing with idiots style of yep. football where yep. they drag you down to their level yep. and beat you with experience I'm and every you. big 10 west team is just kind of like well this is how we got to play yeah. so yeah no it is it totally is and i'm just so ready to not have to oh we're still going to play them every year cuz it's a protected rivalry but in general i'm ready to not play in the big 10 west moving forward all right next up we have that's actually a good point. I'm sorry, Cameron. We'll get to your we'll get to your thing in a second. I actually like that point because I think branching <laughs> out of the Big Ten West, you you as a Wisconsin fan are probably thinking, "Oh man, it's going to be so tough to have to play these tough teams." Yeah, yeah. I, branching out of the big like you're playing a harder schedule will make you better. I think it will. I think you're, yeah. you're going to prepare differently right. in the off season. You're going to have different wrinkles in the playbook. Your players will have a different mentality. Right. I think kind of branching out and not just playing these freaking Brett Bielema style teams. Right. Uh, just, it's just the worst. Like, forget how good or bad they are. It's just their style of play is just, like, so... It doesn't allow you as yeah. a team to branch out of your play style. Because they if you try eight to, drives. what's going to happen is yeah. you're going to get beat by teams who are <clears throat> tailor-made to beat that. Exactly, exactly. Because these teams are running these eight-minute drives, and you'll have the ball three three times, maybe, in an entire half. And it's like, if you go 3-0 and because you're trying something kind of crazy, right? That's it, dude. You're going to lose. You're going to fall behind, and they're just going to kill the clock. That's literally what happened to Northwestern, dude. We fell behind. They killed the clock. We lost the game. Uh, oh, God, dude. We, we need... Fair enough. I got to get out of here. All right. Next up, Cameron. Stanford. I will not elaborate. You know, I think Cam's kind of onto something. They, they beat Colorado. They're 3-7, and seven, though. Heading into the ACC next year. Kind of sus. I don't even know who their new coach is. I remember David Shaw really Dude. ticked me off with one of his comments one really? time. Where it was the most West Coast Bay Area comment, <laughs> lack of say? lack of self-awareness you could ever have. Where he made a comment about Bryce Young's NIL oh, deal with on. Subway. And he made like a million dollars or something in his NIL deal, yeah, yeah. which is chump change in today's NIL, right? Anyway, he was like, that's not Bryce Young money. That's Alabama money. Basically saying he didn't earn the deal, but he just earned it because of who he plays for. And it's like, dude, you literally live in the most expensive place in the entire world. Wow. And you, your region makes fun of us for how poor we are. But you're going to come out here and say, yeah, that's Alabama money wow. throwing that around against poor little old poor Stanford who is so money broke. Little like, Stanford, dude. dude. 
First of all, and the reason he got to Alabama was because of his skill. He's not just some random scrub off the street that got a $1 million NIL deal. He earned the deal by playing well enough to be recruited here and to be the starting quarterback. Like, that's not just the school giving him money. Like, he earned it by being good and by putting in work. I mean, to be fair, the school did give him money. It's like, that's kind of a... I'm not even denying that part. I'm <laughs> denying the implication that he didn't earn okay. the $1 okay. million. All right, fair enough, fair enough. All right. Next up, we have Saxo Steve. This is a long one. West Virginia. This was our make or break year. Year five of Neil Brown. It's all his guys. We finally have a quarterback. Defense is simplified and improved. And so we're going to go through his little stories here. Yep. Week one, I drive to Penn State. I see an L. We reel off some wins, including Pitt. Life is good. I drive to Houston. I see an L on a Hail Mary. After we drop another to Oklahoma State, we get back on track. We're back, baby. I drive to Oklahoma. I see a 39-point loss. It's all over, but the crying now. My coach is a dead man walking, and the $75 million man, Jimbo Fisher, is coming home. <laughs> I'm just so tired, boss. Can't wait to go to the last home game this weekend and send the seniors off. They deserve better than this fraudulent program. That is some sports depression. Poetic, dude. Saxo Steve, I don't know how you drag yourself all across the country just to see these terrible losses. And I'm really sorry they have to go through this. West Virginia does deserve better. I stand by that. I think they deserve a lot better than the Neil Brown. And I think they will get better when Jimbo Fisher uh, decides to land there uh, later on this year. So it'll all work out. West here. Virginia... Part of the problem is they're recruiting. They, they're they not in a talent-poor area, but they just don't recruit for some reason, and that's Neil Brown's fault. I mean, it's a Jimbo pizza. Fisher is from West Virginia. Yeah. Um, he can recruit. I feel like Jimbo Fisher would actually be a great fit at West Virginia now what? that I think about what? it. dude? They're a place that really they love West Virginia football there. They're mm -hmm. a football state. Yeah. I could really see it being a good I hire, and they do deserve it. better. Aren't, isn't West Virginia like the all-time winningest college football program without a national championship? It's, it's them or us or Virginia Tech. It's one of those three. So they're they're definitely up there. I definitely empathize with West Virginia in that regard. Um, they have a rich history and a lot of potential as a program, and they are better than this. They are ultimately. They are so. Neil yeah. Brown is a dead man walking. You just you just can't stick with him. I don't know what his buyout is or anything. Doesn't but... matter. Get Jimbo. Get Jimbo, and you'll win. You'll win. Get Jimbo, and you win. That's what I'm saying. Banana Joe, Texas A&M, again. A top team and talent composite, again. All the talk and expectations in the world, again. But lost a ton of winnable games, again. But still acted like they're undefeated, again. Do you think they're acting like they're... Are they acting like they're undefeated? At this point, I feel like I, I think they're fans... pretty. I think they're pretty battered at this point. Yeah. I mean, I'll agree <laughs> at the start of the year. Like, like the AG roller coaster thing is true. You know, like a three and one A and M thinks they're on top of the world, right? But I think usually by about this point in the year, any given season, they're they're kind of coming to, I, to acceptance with everything. I actually appreciate and admire and respect their blind faith in their team. Like I feel <laughs> like that's all most fans should be. Yeah. That's true. Like they just they, they let themselves be hurt. And I, I appreciate <laughs> their willingness to make themselves Every emotionally year. vulnerable Every year. to their team. From Low, bro. Yep. Texas, barely beating Alabama when Alabama was still figuring out who they are. Texas is not back. They flailed through their schedule. 
Three of their last four wins have been one possession games, two against unranked teams. Losing to Oklahoma, another fraud, is the cherry on top for me. These guys stink. Wrong. <laughs> and this this comment's gonna age so so badly in like a month when Texas is uh, in the playoffs and probably takes down Alabama in a rematch. I mean, let's face it, dude. Texas is a playoff team. Is that fraudulent? I don't think so. I don't think that's fraudulent to say. I think they're coasting right now. They're kind of coasting, actively coasting. Because they can. They can. Um, they're, just, they're resting up, I dude. I feel like they're if they were up. playing another top five team, mm-hmm. they would come out firing at all cylinders. Exactly. They would have a little bit more wrinkles in their playbook. I feel like you're, we're just waiting for them to play another top team. But here's the thing, though. You have to play your current schedule like that. If You can't just, like, turn that on immediately. You have to be preparing to turn that on through these other weeks. It's, it's a, it just doesn't work that way. It's a different philosophy, Randy. It's a Sark philosophy. We'll see if it pays off. <clears throat> like, like, we came out against freaking Kentucky acting like we had something to prove and we're pissed. That's how you should be approaching these games, these 6-3 and three teams. I don't know. We'll see how it... Because we're not going to just turn that off. I guarantee we're going to come out against UT Chattanooga You're gonna destroy acting him. like we're offended know, that they stepped on the field. It, but that's what I'm saying is you have to act like that, and Texas doesn't I, have may, that mentality. Maybe you don't because I feel like Georgia kind of got away with this for the last couple of seasons, and it worked they, out they, uh, they didn't. It's not that they got away with it. No, they destroyed teams that they played. It's, they might have had two bad games per year, but they... They didn't do it the way Texas did it, where it's just like a whole season of it. I see. I see. Next up, we have Willie. Clemson, ranked ninth to start the season and lost the season opener to a Duke team that is now 6-4 and four amongst losing to a few other mid-teams. The talent that Dabo still has is inexcusable for him to not be able to compete with the CFP. Uh, like, yeah, I totally agree. We, I mean, we touched on this earlier with Clemson. Like, just with the talent, man, six and four just shouldn't be a thing. It shouldn't even be possible. Yeah, they have way too much talent and play way too weak a, a schedule for this to really be acceptable. I mean, I'll be very curious to see what they do next year, see kind of how they respond. Maybe, we'll maybe he goes all in on the talent uh, portal transfers. He, I don't see him doing that. I think he's kind of digging his heels in the sand. <laughs> yeah. Next up, we have four Wombleys. Proven to be fraudulent is Michigan, USC, Air Force, Notre Dame, literally single-handedly because of Gerard Parker. Man, they did used to have a great offense coordinator. I wonder yeah. what happened to him. Mm, interesting. Oklahoma, Penn State, Texas A&M, <laughs> Miami, Clemson, Especially the Garrett Riley hire. We know they're frauds, but we can't technically claim it yet category. Florida State, Ohio State, Washington. Wow. I, I agree on Florida State and Washington. I don't agree on Ohio State. I've changed my mind. I think they're elite. I think they're elite. I don't... I, I just... Ohio State, they're going to get beat when it comes to the playoff. They're just going to get beat. They're not going to be able to do it. I just... I have a feeling. They came so close to being Georgia last year. They came so close. Florida State. People forget, dude. I like Florida State. The more I watch them, I kind of... When I say like them, I mean I like their chances. Mm. They're very good at just... They know how to play, man. Their quarterback's really good. Who would you, As an Alabama fan of these three teams, which one would you want to play the most in the playoffs? Which team thinks me the easiest? Uh, Florida State. There you go, and that's why. 
And there you and there it is. And there it is. I mean, that's ultimately what the questions boil down to when it comes to choosing these teams for the playoffs, right? Is who would you least want to play? I would least want to play Florida State. Then I would least want I would I would rather play. I think I rather would play Ohio State than Washington. Really, that surprises me. Kind of up in the air. I for the only reason I know this can't be factored into the playoff rankings, but only because I don't know. The problem is Ohio State has experience in the playoffs. They kind of know what the postseason looks like, while Washington, that's not really as much the case. Mm-hmm. And that kind of matters because the coaches know how to prepare. They know how to game plan. They know right. what right. that kind of one-off game looks like. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's just different. I don't know. Maserati Marv. You can't cut that out, yep. dude. Maserati Marv. Yeah. He's not winning the Heisman, by the way. Anyway, let's go ahead and move on. All right, and finally, we have the Week 12 preview. Um, I see some of these notes you wrote here. Yeah. Number eight, Alabama versus Chattanooga. Can Alabama keep their winning streak alive against the quality Southern opponent? Can they Look, be? man, everybody plays their cupcakes. You cannot put this on ice. That's interesting. Look at Michigan's schedule. I, that's, you know, I don't know. It's just it's just an interesting thing to happen in, in uh, mid-November. Florida State is playing North Alabama. They're playing an Alabama. They're playing Alabama is what I'm hearing. That's that's crazy, dude, to be doing it that late in the year. Um, yeah. Here's the thing. There's really no games this week. <laughs> this is like always the worst week in football. Like we technically have some ranked matchups, but I don't even know if I want to humor them. I think there's going to be a couple games we could pay attention to. I'm going to pay attention to the Oregon-Arizona State game because it's at Arizona State. Mm-hmm. Arizona State's been a very dangerous team for certain teams. They are three and seven, but they've been dangerous. They've had some close games against some opponents, you know, who I'm just going to watch it. I'm going to see what happens. Interesting. In the 11 o'clock slot, you have Michigan at Maryland. Mm. And just who knows? You okay. know, I'm going to watch just it. Just going to watch these games. No reason. Just okay. No reason. And I believe Texas plays. Iowa State. Texas is at Iowa State in the ninth slot. Oh. Nice. I'm just saying, these away games with playoff implications, mm-hmm. you know, who knows what could happen. Mm-hmm. The one game of the week I'm really definitely going to watch is Washington at Oregon State. That's true. Oregon State's a very good team, and this could be the one they drop. This is definitely Washington's, like, kind of final test before uh, uh, the Pac-12 championship. So, I don't know. Do you think what Oregon, Here's the thing. Think what Oregon State Here's is the like, I really they, wanted to make. They really, yeah, just make a point. Okay, all four of those teams that have playoff implications and need to win, yeah. they all play the game away. Fair enough. I just wanted to make that point. Go ahead. What were you saying? I'm sorry. I was No, it's fine. I was just going to go with Oregon State. I, I feel like I can't know whether to make heads or tails on this team. I mean, they have a couple of good wins against a ranked Utah and UCLA, but these last few weeks, dude, they had they lost to Arizona, had a close win against Colorado, and, and they just destroyed Stanford, but it's Stanford. I think Washington is just going to be able to out-talent them. And what I want to see out of Washington really is they're in this position now where, like, they really need to, like, kick it up to, like, the next gear, right? And, like, get into playoff mode. They need to come out and, like, murder Oregon State on the road. You know what I mean? Like, they're they're number five, dude. They're on the outside looking in right now. And, yeah, it'll probably work out with, like, Michigan or Ohio State losing. Like, Washington will probably make the jump at some point. But... I, I feel like they haven't made a ton of noise despite being the number five team in the country. You know what I mean? 
That's very. I mean, the Oregon game was was what it was. Mm-hmm. Very nice game. I know what you mean. I don't know if it's like their time zone or what it is. I think it's the time zone. I just haven't watched all the. I haven't like seen much Washington, dude. They just. I watched the Oregon game, but yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. And so this being a six thirty game, kind of like the prime time slot, right? Ranked matchup. It's on ABC. Like all eyes are going to be on this game for Washington. Like in my mind, this is almost just as big of a game as that Oregon game earlier this season. So. Um, a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure for the Huskies here to play well. Yep. All right. Next up, we have Texas A and M versus Abilene Christian. How will A and M fare in this tough battle without Jimbo? They chose this game on purpose to fire him. You Think can so? just tell. Think so. Kind of give it a little bit of time. What the interim? What if know. though? What if they're not gonna lose? Ah, I, I don't know. They're they're not gonna lose, dude. I, it, that's just not gonna happen okay all right i try to have fun but i get it all right but probably it's not even a big matchup anymore because the east is locked up but you have number two georgia versus number 13 tennessee is georgia aware that this is supposed to be a bye week what's the deal why are they why are they I scheduling can't... a p5 team I, I just can't tell if based on the, the games you wanted to preview that you were trying to prove some kind of point it's, I it's was just trolling. hard for me to tell i was trolling I was trolling here. Come on. I mean, this is a pretty crappy week in general outside of the Washington game, really. Um, but no, I, I don't know. With with Georgia versus at Tennessee, real quick, I mean, a couple weeks ago, I'd have told you this might be like the game of the year in the SEC East. But like, do you think Tennessee like even has remotely a shot? Like, am I delusional in thinking this could be close? Oh, uh, I. I give them about a 15, 10% chance. Okay. Their quarterback's just not very good. Joe it's, Milton? It's, it boils down to that. Hmm. Joe Milton is what Jalen Milrow would, would be if Jalen Milrow didn't have a deep ball. Interesting. And as you know, Jalen Milrow's game is almost exclusively the, the deep ball. Like I thought it was running. <laughs> I thought it was like a running quarterback. He No, he's a running quarterback with a deep ball. He's like, you remember Tyrod Taylor in the NFL, how he... Didn't really throw a lot of short or intermediate throws, but yeah. he could run, was built like a tank, and could throw a really good deep ball. Right. He's like that. It's like that. Okay. Well, should be fun. Any other games then, Randy, to touch base on before we head into uh, the week before rivalry week? That's really all i got for now. It's just one of those. It's not the, the, the most exciting week, but there are definitely a lot of implications here. It's right. going to be an exciting week after the fact. Oh, after sure. you see who loses. Because you know some domino is probably going to fall. Hmm. We just don't know which one yet. And on paper, it doesn't quite look as good. But we know something's going to happen. And regardless, I mean, it's setting up for a a week that should be pretty incredible in Rivalry Week. I mean, it's this is going to be, as usual, you know, Rivalry Week's always pretty big. But, like, there's going to be some pretty big games um, that we have to look forward to next uh, next week. So, yeah, just looking to kind of enjoy this one. It's my it's the last uh, home game for Wisconsin this year, so senior night should be fun. That'll be fun. Send the seniors off. All three of them. Yeah, hopefully we don't get destroyed by too much. Um, is Auburn at home for Alabama this year? Yes, it is at Auburn, unfortunately. Uh, okay, so it's your last uh, home game as well. I'm assuming you're going to it? Uh, probably not. Okay. To be honest. I mean, come on. Chattanooga. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. All right. Um, well, regardless, um, we'll have fun then just watching these games, I suppose. And I hope you folks at home 
enjoy watching them too uh thanks again for the mailbag responses this week honestly this is one of my favorite mailbags we've had all season so excellent work folks um and yeah i hope everyone has a great week and until next time as always roll tide come on let's go